Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Sabbath morning. Boom, boom, beat ya. <laughs> I was just about to think it. I'm so sorry I ruined it. You can have it next week. <laughs> Um, this will be airing quite a bit after um, we record, but we're currently recording right after Easter happened, so we hope you all had a good Zombie Jesus Day, because we did, we were very relaxed, and we didn't have to go to church, which was nice. It was, although it was really bizarre that I ended up, uh, like, walking around a church on Easter. Oh, you did? Only because so I was like, oh, let me go for a walk because Greg was out of town. He was in London and um, I was like stuck here, bored with no passport, couldn't travel anywhere. So I was like, all right, well, what do I do? Everything is closed in Berlin and everyone is gone for the weekend, like traveling outside of Berlin. So I was like, all I can do is go for walks every single day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I ended up going for a walk on Sunday and there's this really beautiful church that's like not too far from here. And I usually walk in that direction. And it was a weird feeling because it was like everyone was going there for a service. And I think they had like, obviously I could hear an organ playing. So I don't know mm. if like an actual church service or if it was just like a um, organist playing and people were going in and out. But it was bizarre. So I ended up walking around and sitting on the bench outside and was like, how did I end up at a church on Easter Sunday? <laughs> like, Kind of yeah, that's music. It was relaxing. It could kind of soothe me. And I was like, what is happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> Feel the Holy Spirit. Just kidding. <laughs> I felt the Holy Spirit move me. And I am now Mormon again, guys. Sorry, that's my announcement. I have converted. Oh, God. Sarah's back <laughs> Mormon. Get those garments out of the trash. Get that swamp crotch back in yeast infection. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Woo. woo. <laughs> Oh, God, what a nightmare. Um, So, yeah, we hope you all enjoyed your holiday. And we're back today with a lovely suggestion for this topic. It came from uh, one of our patrons, Catherine. Hello, Catherine. Thank you for sending this to us. Hello, Catherine. Thank you. I am excited. I have not clicked on it. I was about to. Because I saw you sent those messages and Katie said, like, oh, let's let's do that as an episode. And I was like, OK, I'm not going to click on this. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. It <laughs> is. It's something else. So this comes from LDS Living. Don't we love LDS Living? <laughs> is that owned by the church or is it just like one of those things where it's like if the church doesn't own it, but really they do? You know, I don't I don't know for sure, but I would guess that they do own it. Um I could be wrong, though, so don't quote me on that. (laughs) I bet they do. Yeah. Either way, it's extremely faith-promoting and pro-LDS, obviously. So the the title of this article is Membership Has Its Privileges, 38 Benefits of Church Membership We May Not Think About. (gasps) I have seen this article, but I didn't click on it. I saw someone like... um share I think it was on Instagram or somewhere maybe it was on Facebook the link to this are like I just I saw the title and I was like okay well, that looks really interesting but I didn't click on it and I'm glad I didn't okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah Sarah I mean truly if having swamp crunch wasn't a benefit enough here's 38 other benefits that are going to sway you to going back to church uh, by the time I'm done Wait, I am sure there's like low self-esteem on there, not feeling worthy, giving oh. away your money, losing your Sunday, all that stuff. Yeah, cannot wait. Cannot not- wait. <laughs> this was 38. Like, what a random number. Why not? I know 50 reasons or 20. 20- I wonder if this was. So this was written by someone named Morgan Jones, published February 28th, 2022. And I wonder if it's kind of seems like she did somewhat of a crowdsourcing for this. So I wonder if this was just the number of responses she got that she wanted to include. I don't really know. (laughs) Interesting. Morgan Jones. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So here's what it says. 
Years ago, one of my roommates was on a date with the man who would become her husband. When she texted me, so she texted her during the date, they texted me saying they had a story idea for me. They had been discussing the benefits of being a member of the church that we don't always talk about or focus on. Oh my God, they talked about that on the date? (laughs) Yes, on their date. They're talking about what is so great about the church. And then it was so important that during the date, she gets out her phone to text her roommate to be like, hey, you need to write a story on this. Oh my God. (laughs) A little cringy date, but also... I mean, we've been there. We've done cringy oh. shit like that, too. I can't even um, remember how many times I talked about the church on a date. I think almost every day I went on with the Mormons, somehow the church was brought up and we mm-hmm. were talking about it. Oh, I, <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. For example, they mentioned that speaking in church and being asked to give lessons from a young age help us become comfortable with public speaking and presenting. They rattled off a whole list of examples, and I have thought of it frequently in the years since, but never wrote the article. So do you think that it does, that the church does help you become comfortable with public speaking? Because I can see that argument, but I'm not comfortable. I'm, you know, I went through that and I had to give those talks and I still have intense anxiety about public speaking. Ironically enough, I'm on a podcast right now, but (laughs) you know what I mean? From public speaking, I feel like. Yeah. Or of our home, there aren't people sitting in front of us, like looking at us while we were. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I would disagree. In fact, like I had this, I wish you could see my face right now when I first heard you read that line. Cause I'm like, no, actually I don't think it helps because instead it made me so nervous. And like, I can still remember that feeling of like not being able to sleep well the night before, like being so anxious, having anxiety shits the whole time before <laughs> Yes, yes. like I'm shaky, just like oh, I hated it. I was always so so nervous, and I don't think it helped my public speaking because it wasn't until later in my life, like when I actually, I would say honestly, like when I left the church, that why I was like more comfortable speaking in front of people, uh, like in my job or at work or at university or whatever. I had more confidence. I would say, yeah. Yeah. I mean, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, I don't know, I even just imagining the feeling of getting up to bear your testimony. It's like, I remember that feeling of, of being shaky and sweaty and your hands are clammy and you feel overwhelmed. And sometimes I would start to cry. And I think that that was because like, I thought that was filling the spirit, but really I was just extremely nervous. (laughs) Exactly. And I think, I think that's something I just made the connection with while you're talking about that is I think the reason why you're so nervous or most people are not, you know, obviously some people, it doesn't really affect them. But I think for me, one of the reasons why it was such a nerve wracking thing is because I knew it was a vulnerable thing. I had to talk about my beliefs, my feelings. And there was this expectation that you always have to cry because you're like filled with the Holy ghost and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, you know, you're not just going up there to present a school report or present a, 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 a you know, presentation at work or whatever. It's like a really personal topic. And if, especially if you're bearing your testimonies, like you're meant to be as vulnerable as you can be. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in front of all these people. And uh, it's just, oh, God. Yeah, yeah right. A lot. Like it's giving back that anxiety right now. Where I'm like, <laughs> 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 Uh, Okay, so continuing on, uh, she says, fast forward to this week when I was supposed to teach a Relief Society lesson on President Dallin H. Oaks's talk, The Need for a Church. We covered that a little bit um, a few episodes ago. I remember how he said that, yeah, you need to go to church. You need to be religious. Uh, No, you don't. Mm -hmm. Um, As I read his talk, I began thinking once again about all of the less noticeable benefits of being a member of the church. I decided to pose the question on Twitter knowing that while there would be likely some negative replies, we would also be able to collectively gather a pretty comprehensive list. I love that little slide in like, there's going to be the ex-Mormon trolls. Like, I'll just Aww. put myself out there anyway. Like, <laughs> oh, it's hard, Morgan Jones. I know. It's really hard when you have all these trolls who are coming at you constantly. Oh, we wouldn't even know what that's like, Sarah. No. <laughs> We, we don't know what that's like to have someone bear their testimony and tell us that we're just 
bitter, horrible, chubby spinsters. Oh, so funny. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Okay. In the 1980s, American Express ran an advertising campaign that was at the brainchild of a member of the church named Gordon Bowen with the slogan, membership has its privileges. Rumor has it Bowen actually pitched the slogan to the church first, but whether or not that is true, the list I want to share with you based on the replies to my tweet is proof that membership in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints absolutely has its privileges. Oh, God. Like, who? Why would she even share that? I think, if anything, that's like such a negative connotation towards the church. Like, the fact that it was, you know, she's already, I think it's a few things. Like, you're talking about a member who's pretty high up in American Express, which is already like, okay. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's that same slogan to the church. And then you're throwing in the word privileges. Like, that to me already makes it feel like, um, why not say like a benefit? A privilege to me is a bit like you're privileged to be part of the church and here are the privileges you get as being a Mormon. Oh well, yeah, it's literally, yeah, it, does, it doesn't make the church look good. It, yeah, it cool. frames it, it makes it appear as more of a company or an organization, which it absolutely is. But if you want to sound faith promoting, this is, <laughs> that doesn't sound good. <laughs> it just comes across so condescending and like, arrogant and like you you're above everyone else because you're you have a membership that has privileges oh yeah and that's fully what she's going for here is like that if you're in this church you yeah you have all these privileges that other people don't have because you're better (laughs) okay okay i'll highlight a few before getting to the rest of the list so the first one that's highlighted is ability to delegate slash organize events on a small and a large scale When I was in Young Women, we put together a day camp for the activity day girls that we called our girls camp preview. Oh, I just I hate even thinking about girls camp. (laughs) One year, my two older cousins and I were responsible for planning the day with the help of our stake Young Women president. I'll never forget her asking us what we would need for the meal. And we would tell her hot dog buns and hot dogs and her repeatedly asking what else? until we finally arrived at paper plates, napkins, condiments, etc. Okay, I just, okay, yep. So, yeah, all right. <laughs> the analogy right. is already, okay. It's just a little, I don't know. To me, it's like there's a way where you could teach, you could teach kids what they need by not just harassing them with what else, what else, what else, I don't know. And also, I don't know if it really does help you delegate or plan events I don't really think so um <laughs> I don't I mean, know also, is that really considered a big pro or quote-unquote privilege that it helps you plan parties <laughs> I don't I don't understand <laughs> yeah but it also doesn't help you plan a very I mean I'm sure that there are some pretty fun Mormon parties but how fun can they be if you're not allowed to have any caffeine or alcohol at all, ever. Like, I'm sure they're pretty... Yeah, anyway. Okay, this one, like, sent me. This is where I decided we have to cover this because it was too funny. Okay, this is your second one. Singing skills. (laughs) Singing skills? (laughs) Yes! I'm sorry. Everyone listening to this podcast... Can attest that that is not true because you hear me sing almost every other episode, and I was Mormon for a long time. It did not help my singing skills. Okay, same. And I was gonna say it's like I cannot sing. I cannot carry a tune at all. Like not even. Girl, I am so tone deaf. I can't hear any type of pitch or tone or any. I'm like, what sounds the same to me? I don't know. And we were Mormons for a long time, and we went to meetings where we sang all the time. So it's not like we weren't participating. Oh, no. We're just not good at it. Like a chorister for a hot second. I had to sing duets, which, <laughs> again, <laughs> should not have happened. But I'm happen. crying. You sang a duet? Oh, I sang so many duets growing up in my branch. Slash oh, theater. that's amazing. Yeah, baby Sarah, she tried. She tried her best, but... Bless her little heart. <laughs> okay, so this is what she says. 
bro, why again? Like, unless you want to sing as a career, why would you be like, ooh, I'm going to join this cult or club because it's going to help me sing? (laughs) (laughs) They want to make it on American Idol. (laughs) I'm just, like, literally thinking of this right now in my head as, like, an American Express card. And they're trying to say, like, Sign up now so you can see the benefits of this membership and being like, okay, so it helps me plan parties and it helps me sing. Okay, cool. Whoa, sign me the fuck up. Sign me the fuck up. <laughs> okay, oh, I'm like crying. Okay, multiple people commented about our frequent and early introduction to music. Someone said their choir teacher loved the Latter-day Saint kids because they all knew how to sing. And someone called their primary a full-on children's choir, complete with harmonies and rounds. Another person said they learned to play the piano because it was needed in their ward, a skill that has served them throughout their life. Another said, quote, My daughter is a high school choir teacher and has said that students who learn hymns as a young child have a tremendous advantage with harmony, rhythm, and pitch. Again, (laughs) lies, lies, and lies. It's all (laughs) bullshit. Not true. It's like, it just doesn't do that. Like, it's not like we had singing lessons or anything. It's like, uh, like every church sings, or most churches sing. Every, like... Christian church that I know of, you sing in. Yeah, exactly. So that's not unique here. And also, that's not true because we're living proof. (laughs) Also, it's just a very, I'm going to even say this too, like as in if they're preaching as this is like a benefit of the Mormon church. No, it's maybe, maybe a benefit or privilege of a Utah Mormon church. Like, because I do notice that when I moved to Utah, I was like, everyone played the piano everyone did this like in the ward and I was like fuck I don't do anything musical (laughs) (laughs) and like all of my friends were musical and I was just like really like we don't okay I don't know I don't know if it was the same for you but I felt like everyone I met oh yeah was musical somehow oh totally it was very much in the culture for sure in Utah Mormons I even took piano lessons for many years it was just like kind of a thing that everyone did as a Mormon you had you were trying you tried to play some type of musical instrument or sing I guess oh man <laughs> okay next Made up make it to Georgia <laughs> <laughs> next up opportunities to discover and develop talents and life skills so this another is a huge eye roll so listen to this example <laughs> a talented artist replied quote Being given opportunities to develop talents that may have lain dormant, if it weren't for callings and service assignments, I'd probably be a lawyer now, not an artist. I was asked for creative things so frequently that it became apparent that it was my gift in life. Okay, you know what? I feel like we're going to get so many people like trolls being like, these are all true, and they're like, you're bitter. But honestly, again, that's not true. And I know they talk about that all the time. They always say, that when you get a calling, it's a way of like God helping you fine tune your talents. Okay. So me greeting people was a talent. (laughs) Apparently, I mean, we have a podcast now we greet someone every week. So I guess being a ward greeter really helped me. (laughs) Being a ward greeter helped you for this calling, Sarah. (laughs) I just think it's so silly that this person who claimed that they were going to become a lawyer, but because people in the church asked them to to paint or whatever they would ask them to do artistically because of that they became an artist it's like wouldn't you already know or be interested in doing something artistic if you're an artist like I, that just doesn't really track that well for me also you can be a lawyer and an artist I just want to say like exactly I, you can do both it doesn't have to be one or the other And I can't remember one thing in my experience. And I know it's just my personal experience, so others may have it different. And the church, maybe it really did help you find your talents. But for me, my creative side definitely was not discovered in the church. (laughs) I wasn't like, ooh, I really love writing out scriptures and memorizing them. So this is going to help me for my future of wanting to be a writer. Yes. I mean, I think it just really helps you to become a greeter. You're so good at saying welcome, welcome, Sabbath morning because you did it so much. 
<laughs> and passing out the program. That's what I, I do. I mean, you're so good at passing out programs. You don't get one single paper cut. <laughs> I'm so good. And no one leaves their program behind. They always keep it because mine is just so spicy and fun. Every <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> all right. Like this is like such a reach. Like this. Oh, yeah. Morgan Jones person is reaching so much with these. Like big time. This next one is incredibly viral. Like, oh, just wait. Okay. Being connected with people of different socioeconomic backgrounds, life experiences, education, etc. Okay, Morgan, get on now. Like, you know that's not true. You know, it's it's like the opposite of that. You you don't connect with a diverse crowd. You connect with people who are mostly like you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, someone commented. Forced, yeah, okay, so this is the actual wording. Forced associations with your geographical neighbors and learning to collaborate with them and love them. I like how they actually used force, like, because that's true. You are forced. And you are like, it is such an obligation that you have to become friends with and mingle with everyone in your ward. It's like Mm -hmm. unacceptable for you to not like someone in your ward. Right, right. And even going on further, they say, so these forced associations with your geographical neighbors, instead of selecting associations based on on your worldview, interests, and personality. Uh, So apparently this is a benefit, that you are forced to be friends with people in your ward rather than being friends with people you actually want to be friends with. They think that's a benefit. That's so toxic, and that is a huge contributor to again me personally just my experience but like to my anxiety I had at church because I hated knowing that I had to go every activity or every Sunday and like pretend to be someone I wasn't or to be like oh I have to be nice to this person and put on a face even though I Mm -hmm. really don't care for them but I have to be nice to everyone and smile and be polite and talk to everyone and even if it was a guy who was interested, but like, I really didn't like them and they made me uncomfortable. You still have to smile and be polite and give them a hug or a handshake. I hate it. And, and it's so true. I just, uh, yeah. And it's gross to me that they, they see that as a benefit because that is so toxic. Like you said, it's not, it's not healthy. There are no Uh, boundaries at all. No, no. All right. A group to belong to always. Uh, One Twitter user wrote, church membership is probably the greatest insurance policy. If you encounter an accident, death in the family, loss of employment, or a plethora of other challenges, there is a team ready to drop everything and help, including providing financial aid. Okay, but no, no, that's true. Like, okay, okay, I take that back. Part of it could be true. Like I will say when I've moved apartments or whatever, or I don't know, needed help cleaning or something, then the missionaries and some church people would help. But it wasn't because they like genuinely wanted to. It was like they, they had to. Yeah, like, that's their job. Yeah. For help, it's like you're obligated to do it. Now the other shit, like financial and stuff, we all know that's not true. Like we've had so many people write in saying that in fact they pay tithings for years. And maybe or their parents did or whoever. And then when they went through a financial hardship, the church was like, oh, no, sorry, we're not going to help yeah. you. You're not currently pay, paying tithing, so we can't help you. And it's like, I can't pay tithing because I don't have any money. <laughs> exactly. So but that's yeah. just right. And another thing that they put out there to make it seem like that's the case. But it's not. Right. And, you know, I know that in many cases, like, you're, if something happens, there's there's a tragedy or something. Sure, the, uh, probably most people from your ward, or there's a designated person from Relief Society that will come over and give you a casserole, right? Or they'll make sure that you have food. Um, but that's really only if you're like an active member. It, it, it's not like, sure, that's a nice gesture, but it's not as if they're really getting you through the tragedy. You know, no. it's, it's very uh, shallow and it's mm-hmm. very, cool. and again, I know that that's like 
generalization. I mean, I know sure some members aren't like that and they are, you know, genuine people who want to help, but for the most part, and from my experience, that's not the case, you know? Yeah. And the way I see it is that like, if, you know, there are, like we've said before, there are good people in the Mormon church. And so of course, like if something bad happens to you, those people are good people and they're going to care about you and want to help you. But that also is true outside of the church. Like we have friends, we all have friends that are not Mormon and we know that if something happened, they would be there for us. It's not like this is only a church related thing. Exactly. Exactly. It's not just, it's not just dedicated to Mormon. not the only ones who help. Like, you know, yeah. especially just thinking about, you know, any family situation that I've had growing up or a death in the family or whatever, they weren't Mormon. It was, you know, Baptists or Southern folks coming to help. Like, it was yeah, yeah. Mormon, you know, so I think mm. it's both. It's not just exclusive to Mormons and not a privilege of being a member of <laughs> Privilege of joining our cult. Ding! <laughs> All right. So this one says business leadership skills. Oh, because the church is a business. Um, someone I have always admired professionally sent me a private message and said, Church has inadvertently given me so many skills in business leadership. Church is the only place I know of where you are given a job you didn't apply for and you work shoulder to shoulder with people you'd never have signed up to work with. I work with other business leaders, not of our faith, who struggle mightily with inheriting teams of people they wouldn't have hired or working alongside people who are difficult or different. But for me, I'm like, meh. This has got nothing on that time I was called as Relief Society president in my 20s. Listen, <laughs> again, that's such a stretch. I've never thought in my professional career leading teams and people being like, oh, you know what? The church really helped me with that. That, <laughs> that helped me. No. I mean, come on. When I think it, about it, it's a stretch. It's such a stretch. Like anytime I was on a leadership role in the church, it wasn't like I was dealing with people or what does she say like going shoulder to shoulder with people no you just were all like okay cool you have that I have that great like I I don't know yeah and if nothing else this is a testament to how shitty the church is they force you to work for free with people you probably don't want to work with that's essentially what she's saying and then it's like but that's a good thing like what step back here for a second the church is making you work for free how about we address that <laughs> exactly and another point too is that like does it really help you with your business leadership skill because in the church if you have an issue with someone like for example if you're a Relief society president and you're having issues with your first and second counselor you're not going to actually sit down and talk about it in a professional way it's going to be more like i prayed about it and let's have like a fast and testimony meeting between the three of us and let's like bring spirituality into it. Um, I'm sorry. You're not going to go to work and be like, oh, guys, I thought <laughs> about it. And this is how we can figure out our differences and move forward. Like, girl, oh. come on, get Can on. you imagine if your coworker said that to you? I, oh my God. Out of instinct, I would punch them in the throat. Like I would not be able to hold back. <laughs> you prayed about me? Okay. <laughs> All now right. I'm getting hard and sued. So, <laughs> Um, but the list doesn't stop there. It just kept going. So here's like a little, a list of some other things people said. You never have to be, I, I hate how this is worded. This rubs me the wrong way. It says, you never have to be church homeless. You immediately move into a new area and locate the nearest congregation. Like I understand what it means. Like you always have a church to go to, but I don't like that wording. I feel like it's very, um, I don't know. It just doesn't sit right with me because it also never mentions like actually caring for people who don't have homes. They just. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you gain respect for other cultures and religions that ask a lot from their members. Oh, I don't. If that was the case, then why are you trying to convert them all? It's such a stretch. I didn't learn any respect for any other religion. And nope. I just, in fact, it was the opposite. It was, I was like, be wary. Like you can. You can be nice, but it was always with an agenda, you know, like be nice so that you can do it, have like a missionary moment to convert yes. them. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just like, Let's learn about, I mean, I remember like world religions or whatever, like 
that being a bit of like, oh, should I take that or should I not? Because, you know, I'm going to learn about all the different religions and that could be problematic. Right, right. That's <laughs> like the mind frame. And you don't ever really learn about th- that much about what other people and cultures even believe. It's just like, well, we're right. We have the full truth. So I don't need to know about these other religions. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow, the church is true. <laughs> Um, okay, how about this one? It says you, so it says believing something is possible without knowing, and this helps when setting goals. I just like, why would you believe something? I mean, I guess I see it in the goal setting sense, but I would like to know something instead of just believe it. The church is not exclusive to being a member of the church. I mean, hello, has this person not ever heard of like vision boards and stuff for like, exactly. Like that's not exclusive to the Mormon church. I mean, there's a whole thing where, you know, people believe in that, like creating a vision board or saying like, okay, if I say it aloud, I'm manifesting this goal. It's going to come to life to fruition. Like that's not just the Mormon thing. That's not. No. (laughs) Um, Agility of mind through scripture study. Okay. I can't. I can't. No, no, no. No, yeah. Reading the scriptures is boring and it doesn't make you it doesn't make you smarter. Sorry. <laughs> and this one just says work ethic. So apparently being a Mormon gives you better work ethic. And that's not true. I know many lazy Mormons. <laughs> You have the lazy Mormons or you have the other ones who are like, well, shit, I feel like I have to work my ass off because it's the only way to be righteous enough. So these people were like spending hours away from their family and their loved ones because their calling requires them to. That's not worth ethic. That's just being taken advantage of. Uh, yep, uh, exactly. You, you nailed it. All right. This one I just hate. It says. Zero cents spent on alcohol, tobacco, or gambling. Yeah, but you spent all that money on tithing. That's exactly where my mind went. You spend more on tithing than you would on any of that other stuff. Yeah, this episode is making my southern accent come out. (laughs) I love it. I love the sassy southern (laughs) I just can't. I can't with this. Like, what? I can't believe she put this or she he they put this in the article like that is not a privilege like do some research you don't spend money on alcohol booze like okay how I mean that's like assuming that every single person in the world spends at least 10% of their income on alcohol and cigarettes or whatever the fuck they want to like come on yeah, even if they on, do, at on. least it's something that they enjoy doing and they benefit. They're not throwing it away to an organization that's worth a hundred billion dollars, and they're just uh-huh. that shit. Yep. <sighs> um, how about this? This is pretty on the nose. It says you learn selfless service, not because you want to, but because others are counting on you. I thought I was going to say not because you want to, but because it's required. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's literally right there. It's like, oh, well, that's actually right on the nose. You, do, you don't want to help other people. How is that a good thing? You should want to serve people because you want to. Like, you should do it because you want to, not because you're forced to, you're obligated to. That's one of my biggest regrets, actually, is having that. I just felt really insincere a lot of times as a Mormon. Like I felt like I was only talking to someone or helping them or offering to help because I was required to do it, but not because I necessarily wanted to. Yeah. And I just, you know, it put me in a lot of situations where I'm like, I'm not being sincere at all. Like I'm convincing myself that this is what I want to do, but really I didn't want to do it. Like, I mean, I'm not saying every single time, but I can think of a handful of times where I was like, really don't actually want to do this or like I'm not comfortable with this person or whatever, but I have to offer my help because it's required. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I feel the same. And um, also being on the other side of receiving help. Like I, I know that there was, I know the church is true. No, I know that there <laughs> were like several times where someone would help me and you can just tell they're not helping you because they want to help you. 
they're helping you because the church tells them to. And yeah. it's like awkward. You feel uncomfortable of like, okay, yeah, no, really don't need to help. And they're like, no, it's okay. I want to help. And you're like, you're like no, you don't. This okay. is uncomfortable for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this one says you learn financial skills, how to give and be generous through tithes and offerings. Oh, fuck uh, off. Oh, manipulative. Um, no, because what it means is that you live outside of your financial means because you're paying and deciding and you don't have money to meet your other actual lifestyle needs. And so you go into debt because you're like, oh, <laughs> but I paid my 10%. I paid don't my tithing. I'll just have faith and it'll all work itself out somehow. Magical <laughs> CJ will just give me money. I don't, yeah. Um, this says, you learn to sacrifice not just money, but time. I, I hate that. Yeah. You did sacrifice a lot as a Mormon. That is true. But ha- they they frame sacrificing things as so great. It's like such a great thing. And I'm over here like, why should we have to sacrifice stuff? I just, mm-hmm. why is that seen as so righteous? I mean, because they want you to, yeah, they want you to not feel just like worthy and, and complete on your own. You have to like sacrifice and suffer in order to be worthy. Ugh. It's always about the trial and tribulation and suffering and overcoming great suffering. Well, can't we just be happy? I don't want to Yeah, can't we just be happy? For real. Um, emphasis on family. There's your homophobia for you and yeah. your transphobia. Family and a norm, cisgender family. Then yeah. Um, avoidance of addictions and also addiction recovery. This is horrible <laughs> because I know so many Mormons who have become addicted to opiates. Like, I was gonna say painkillers. Yep, I do yep. too. I know. So many Mormons who were like that. Or yeah. just other addictions, like, you know, yeah, I think a lot of, like, the the food addiction, but the opposite, you know, or, or like, um, cosmetic addictions where they had to change because they had body dysmorphia and, like, right. just constantly spending tons of money on those. And it was a, an addiction where they couldn't stop. Like, it had to continue. Yeah, yeah. So that's just a lie. Like that, you don't have avoidance of addictions in Mormonism. In fact, I think it makes you more prone to addiction. Oh, one hundred percent. This one always gets me when people bring this up. You get a free wedding venue, gorgeous location, access to church buildings for big events and weddings, and free clergy for weddings and funerals. Okay, you know what. (laughs) Looking <laughs> at the beautiful venue thing, you want fuzzy brown carpet walls as your wedding venue. <laughs> I mean, I think they were talking about the temple, but still, um, yeah. yeah, it's like you're wearing a really ridiculous outfit when you get married in that quote-unquote gorgeous location. But also, it's not free to get in there. You have to pay tithing for your whole life. Think of how much that is. No. <laughs> And, like, having a reception in the cultural hall, like... Like, you... Really? Yeah. (laughs) This one just, I don't know, it kind of gave me the giggles. Someone actually said that one of the privileges of being a Mormon is you get access to a basketball court for free. (laughs) (laughs) How does that make this person's top 38 list? I don't know! Listen, there are parks, there are several places where you can go and play basketball for free. Oh, it's so funny to me. Um, That's how you know they're stretching. Like, she clearly was like, I got to make up 38 or at least like 30 of these. So I got to just start filling them in. I have a word count to fill. Um. Being challenged about your beliefs by others makes you stronger, more resilient, and more educated. Okay. Uh, Regret later on in life when you finally leave and say, good God, I am sorry. Yeah, I am so sorry to everyone that I talked to about this. Like, I feel very bad because I was stupid. And it's kind of like that persecution complex, right? They're like, oh, we're always challenged and they're always persecuting us. But 
we're we're much stronger than them and we're much more educated than them so it's okay (laughs) yeah um okay let me continue on here so that was just like a bunch that she listed and now she's sort of finishing it out finishing out her article my goal in my relief society lesson was to answer two questions one can you be a good person and not attend church and two why the need for organized religion oh i'm interested morgan tell us tell us tell us, tell us what you think morgan because i have a feeling i think the exact opposite of you <laughs> uh, <laughs> in his talk In his talk, President Oaks answers the question, can you be a good person and not attend church? He replied, I remind all that we do not believe that good can be accomplished only through a church. Independent of a church, we see millions of people supporting and carrying out innumerable good works. Individually, Latter-day Saints participate in many of them. We see these works as a manifestation of the eternal truth that the spirit giveth light to every man that cometh into the world. So this it's like it starts off good. It's like we know we believe you you can be a good person and you don't have to do it through the church. But if you do a good deed, it's because the Holy Spirit has has given you light. It's because you don't realize it and you don't believe it. But it's just truly the Holy Ghost telling you to do it. <laughs> like, no, I did that good thing because I wanted to do that good thing. Yeah, because I have control of my own actions and choices and thought processes, not like the Holy Ghost took over my body and made me do this. Like, come on. <laughs> it's like your Holy Ghost possessed. <laughs> my Holy Ghost would be lit. It'd be fun. <laughs> um, okay, then he, he goes on to say, despite the good works that can be accomplished without a church, the fullness of the doctrine and its saving and exalting ordinances are only available in the restored church. And in addition, church attendance gives us strength and enhancement of faith that come from associating with other believers and worshiping together with those who are striving to stay on the covenant path and be better disciples of Christ. So, so apparently, apparently yeah, the church whole, that right there tells you. There tells you, you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, yeah, so that's supposedly is supposed to answer that first question. Can you be a good person and not attend church? And it's like, it's a roundabout way of saying, well, you can do good things when you're not in the church, but you're not truly good and exalted and, you know, you don't have the full light or whatever unless you're going to church. It's a roundabout way of saying, no, you can't be a good person without church. <laughs> exactly. It was just a really long way, long-winded way of saying that. Yeah. (laughs) For the second question, I think the list above makes a strong case for participating in organized religion, especially as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Morgan, honey, I don't think you made a good case. (laughs) No, I'm not going to join an organized religion or cult because I get a free basketball court. Come on, Morgan. The basketball court. The basketball court is the real draw for for most people. They're like, you got a basketball court up in here? Sign me up. Where do I get dunked? <gasps> dunk basketball. Dunk. And I only pay ten percent of my life for it. Done. What a great deal. <laughs> um. We all know that the privileges are so much deeper than those listed. Up to this point, we've said nothing of our understanding of the plan of salvation and our identity as children of God, priesthood keys restored on the earth, absolute truth as opposed to moral relativism, living prophets or covenants and ordinances. While the aforementioned perks of church leadership are wonderful, these doctrines are undoubtedly the most wonderful blessings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, man, yeah. Like a word salad. You throw in things that say, like, you say priesthood keys and covenants and ordinances, and it's like, I start to turn it off. I'm just like, okay, like, you're, you're, this is mumbo jumbo garbage, and it's all made up. So (laughs) it's just like, you know, the thing that makes it is obviously it being out of the church, we can be like, this is so ridiculous. 
But I can imagine, you know, 22-year-old Sarah reading this article and being like, oh my God, that's so true. That's so true. <laughs> yep. That's really good. Yep. That's just, yep. that's yep. so deep and yeah, important. Those priesthood keys, you know. Yep. Um, okay. Languages are true. <laughs> <laughs> it seems there is a great focus these days on the areas in which the church could stand to improve. Our prophet has taught us that we are part of an ongoing restoration, so it should come as no shock that the church is still a work in progress. But for me, it's difficult to focus on these things when there is so much good to be had. Again, let's just manipulate you and not really address that. But just say, like, oh, the church is working on it. But look at all the good things it has. Yep. Never look at the bad. Just look at the good. Stuff it down. Turn it off. Just repress your feelings and don't talk about anything bad. Never question inconsistencies or how the Mm -hmm. prophets go back and forth on their word. But apparently they're supposed to be mouthpieces of God who is omnipotent and all-knowing. Let's not focus on predictions let's just (laughs) don't make things difficult for us just shut up and smile yeah (laughs) (laughs) president oaks teaches that we get out of that what we get out of our experience at church is largely up to us don't they always say that it's what you get out of it it's your fault if you're not feeling good about it that's your fault (sighs) he quoted someone who said years ago i changed my attitude about going to church No longer do I go to church for my sake, but to think of others. I make a point of saying hello to people who sit alone, to welcome visitors, to volunteer for an assignment. In short, I go to church each week with the intent of being active, not passive, and making a positive difference in people's lives. Okay, that person's lying. I don't know who you are, but that is 100% not true. It's just not realistic. You don't wake up and be like, ooh, that's what I want to do. I can't wait to stack up. Chairs at church. Yeah, <laughs> stack those chairs. See how many chairs I can carry at once. Oh, get yoked. No, but yeah, I I feel like like that's a good sentiment, but also I don't fully believe it. But it's like if you really just want to have a positive impact, why not just do that in your daily life? Like you don't have to be in a church building to do that. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> you don't have to be a church to do that. Yeah. Just last week, I interviewed Terrell Givens for an Instagram Live. Oh, can you imagine Instagram Live LDS Living? No. I don't want to subscribe and follow just so I can see these. We can see. Um, And something he said has resounded in my head over the last few days. Quote, I am co-creator with God in this project. So why would we focus on what's wrong or deficient instead of actively being engaged as agents to try to make that better? Be the person on the pew who gives the visitor the experience of Christ that he's looking for. That's something that is within the capacity of all of us. Yet again, it's just this flowery way of saying, like, don't focus on what's bad. Like, don't even think about it. Just just. It's always a message. It's always the message of like, oh, you had a question about something in the doctrine? Don't focus on that. Just have faith and know, like, look at all the good things the church does. Yeah, look at everything that the church teaches you, like, about giving your money away. That's cool. Um, Okay, and her final thought is, here's to being the people on the pew. People who recognize that membership has its privileges, people who know what we have, and people who are anxious to share all of it with others. That's the end. <laughs> so, yeah. I need to sign up um, for this membership. Are you? I have I convinced you? Did yeah. Morgan convince you that all of those benefits? Yeah, it's a lot of privileges. I mean, 38, you know? I feel like, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sign up. 38, <laughs> including a basketball court. Oh, you also forgot if you go back to the Mormon church, you'll suddenly become a very talented singer. I mean, that's, uh, you guys all know that that's my lifelong goal and dream is to become a singer. So. <laughs> So sign her back up. Sister Little is, she's going back to church. She's leaving Greg. She's grabbing her garments. Center. 
my scripture bag. Because <laughs> I need a more agile mind so I can read the scriptures. You need a more agile mind, yeah. Um, become a speaker, become a professional public speaker, all these things. Also, are you just so excited? Um, yeah, I'm so <laughs> excited. God, so excited. Well, thank you, Catherine, for sharing that with us because that gave me quite the giggle. <laughs> yeah, Catherine, I appreciate that, Jim. And anytime you know any of our listeners are patrons send us these articles or like funny things. I, I just love it, especially because I don't see them as much like in Germany or like, I can't open some of the articles, but Katie, if you see it, she's like, okay, I'll read it to you. Which I'm like, yes, please. (laughs) It's amazing. And it's just, it's so funny. Like the stuff that they they'll publish. It's like, like you were saying that those were obviously such stretches and yet LDS living was like, yes, let's post this online. <laughs> exactly. And you know that people like Mormons reading that are like, this was such a good article. I'm going to share it with all my Mormon friends. I'm yeah. Gonna share it on my Facebook right now. I mean, you saw it being shared, right? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> so people read this and really think it's great. And they're sharing it around and it's too funny. <laughs> so bad. Oh my God. Oh, Well, thank you, listeners. We love you. Um, Before we go, I'd like to ask you guys, if you haven't yet, I know a lot of you have, and we love you, but if you haven't yet, could you please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts? Because that would help us a ton. Um, And you don't even need to leave a review if you don't want to, but the five-star rating is like worth that. And we would be hashtag grateful hashtag grateful yes please do because it helps other people find us as well like if they're looking up for any type of help or ex-mormon stuff it just helps basically yeah. for us to pop up and they can be like hey what's this not so molly woman podcast oh and then they click on it and then they start hearing sarah talking about poop and sex and they're <laughs> like i am hooked i am here for life <laughs> Or they click on the first episode thinking, I'm going to start from the beginning. And they go, oh, no. (laughs) Don't start from the beginning. No. (laughs) We're not doing that. Um, But, yeah, please do. And also, I have to say, I just, I haven't looked at our reviews in quite some time. I just clicked on them today. And for those of you who have left comments, like, thank you so much. They're really sweet. They're not just, yeah, podcast is great. Like, they're really personal. Yeah amazing yeah. and like honestly it warms my heart and I truly truly appreciate it because it's just another booster for us to like you know encourage and motivate us to keep this podcast going so thank you for everyone your support and especially our patrons who literally yeah. keep the podcast running so thank you guys yeah thank you so much we love you have a great week love you bye-bye bye